After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got to go. Okay, fellas, we are set to go. Let's go. We are kicking. Watch the blue. There we go. Yeah, baby. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Please move it. Please move it. Please move it. I got to admit this. I made a mistake. I think I'm bang on this. I'm bang on. Okay, gentlemen, play ball. Watch it here. Good checking, guys. Good play. There are only days remaining until the beginning of the NHL season. This is a time for excitement, a time for optimism and hope, and it's a it's an excited feeling that you get every year. At least I do, Josh, and it's just it's the anticipation of that opening night and okay, here we go. We're in for the next 8 months. Oh, I love it. I can't can't wait for that opening face off and last season we had Kelly Sutherland give a, a, a short soliloquy before dropping the puck so I'm, I'm actually curious to see who's getting that call and if they're going to give a similar welcome back speech to the NHL but either way can't wait to drop that puck I'd forgotten about that you're right after after such a, a strange time and waiting to start the season that was a really nice touch that Kelly Sutherland did to okay we waited let's go boys let's it's time to, to play games again yeah, it was uh, it was cool, you know, with the focus on officials doing a little bit more on the mic and having a little more of a presence out there. I thought it was very welcome. I know some people were like, ah, oh, just just zip it and drop the puck already. But you know what? It's it was a big moment. And I, I thought it was nice of Kelly to put that together. We'll talk a little bit more about officials and microphones as part of this week's podcast. The Scouting the Rest podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. And there, of course, are special savings for you with our Manscaped partnership. Use the code REFS, R-E-F-S. For your order at manscaped.com, you'll save 20% and you get free shipping. It's important to keep things tidy and neat and and it, it doesn't have to be difficult. With the full line of Manscaped products, it's super easy. The latest line, the Lawnmower 4.0, it is super technological, which is great, but it also works simply, flawlessly, and this is important for Someone like me, because I, I I try to embrace technology, but I've got, you know, fat fingers and fat hands and they don't always work well with power tools. And that can be a problem, but not with Manscaped products. Lightweight, super safe, very important to get the job done. And, you know, Josh, you could be as precise and elaborate as you want. I'm not suggesting, you know, like the, the Edward Scissorhands landscaping, <laughs> but if you want to try something, go ahead. Hey, you know, it. It doesn't have to be elaborate and fancy, but the tools that you've got from Manscaped, you can you can do as much as you want with it. You want to carve in some designs, you want to put some patterns, hey, go for it. I mean, I can't do it in my front yard with my lawnmower, but with Manscaped, if, if you choose to do your <laughs> landscaping that way, they have the right tools for that job. You can be as creative and artistic as you wish, and you can do it safely with the Manscaped products. Go to manscaped.com, use the code REFS for your purchase, get 20% off, and get free delivery. Do it now. On this week's episode, hey, look out! More REFS on TV. Is that really a penalty? And our favorite, you're getting suspended. Okay, so I, I thought of this as a as, as a question slash comment, but NHL officials training camps are better than players training camps. Do you agree, Josh? And do you know why? Well, of course, they're better. Uh, you know, the quality of the folks on the ice is just superior in every way. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, what? I, I will say it's, it's a very educational components uh, that happen there that I, I think uh, probably bump the needle for me when it comes to the explanations and the understanding. But what is it, Todd, that, that makes you 
more in favor of the officiating ref camps? First of all, they're much shorter. Ah, okay. See, teams can learn from this too. Guys come to camp in shape. They're ready to go. You don't need a lot of, you know, skate and stops and starts, which I always hated doing. Just get them right into games. And the other thing, nobody gets cut. You don't get that text or you don't have someone tap you on the shoulder, say, hey, the the coach or the GM wants to see you. You just, you find out you're being waived or sent down. That, That doesn't happen at the ref's camp. It's just, it's all about getting ready for the season. And maybe there's something that teams could learn from that. Oh, you're right. You know, they focus on what's important. They know who their group is. I can't imagine the pressure that would be at an officials camp if you had guys that were on the bubble and working those those scrimmages and those practice <laughs> games. And, hey, man, you made a bad call out there. We're going to start you in the A and uh, maybe you'll get a call up later this season. <laughs> Or, or do you have, do you think you'd actually have guys trying to make an impression and, and, you know, running someone? Hey, I gotta, I gotta show up in camp. I'm gonna, I'm gonna oversell these icing calls. And I'm... <laughs> yeah, that, that, that might get a little out of hand though. So, okay. First up on a serious note though, uh, we want to send our best out to Ryan Gibbons, who was injured this past weekend in a really strange set of circumstances at the Coyotes Kings game. Gibbons collided with Arizona forward, Liam O'Brien. It was a significant hit. It was very confusing at first to those watching and especially on television because all of a sudden Gibbons went down on the ice and there was immediate concern and understandably so. The trainers from both teams came out. They quickly called for the stretcher and Gibbons was taken to hospital. He has sustained a concussion, now is hopefully on the road to a quick recovery. But this is a good illustration, Josh, of that guys move quickly out on the ice Things happen quickly. You even just a quick dart around after the national anthem is over. You you've got to be aware of your surroundings and circumstances. It's it's really unfortunate what happened there. It was, and and that is a moment when your guard is down. You're not you're not expecting contact. You're not expecting to run into somebody. You're loosening the legs up. You're moving around. Gibbons left the Coyotes bench, turned right into, unfortunately, what was the high speed lane there as he just collided with the player and. Just the angle that they connected, the fact that his head seemed to be the main point of contact. Now I sound like player safety, but it it obviously was on the head. His helmet came off and really unfortunate, really scary moment for him. You know, glad to see he was released from the hospital and expect to see him back on the ice in a few weeks. But certainly you've got concussion protocol. You've got all the the concerns of the health of these officials and, and one that comes at a moment when you're least prepared for it. This is something that you don't want to take lightly either, obviously, because it's a concussion, it's a serious injury, it's a head injury. But much like players, if you get injured at the start of the season, it can be difficult to catch back up because the the train keeps moving and picking up speed as the year goes along. Yeah, for sure. It, it's it's. I don't want to say that any time is a good time to do it, but at least yeah. as you're as you're working towards midseason and you're figuring out, you know, as the officials and the feedback come in on who's being considered to work the postseason. And you don't want to get injured that time of year. We saw a couple of years back, Tim Peel suffered an unfortunate injury. And I think his injury kept him out during the end of that evaluation period when they were making the selections for playoff officials. So you, you don't want to put your postseason in jeopardy as an official. So hopefully Gibbons can recover from this. It's a, a time of year when everybody's getting back up to speed and he can be back on his skate soon. I don't try to make work for anyone, especially you, Josh, because you're so busy with the scoutingtherefs.com website. There's so much great information on there. And I know you regularly do pieces about officials when they are injured or specific circumstances. But do we need to maybe add an IR column for (laughs) officials there? 
We have at times, uh, when <laughs> when conditions necessitated it, had have done an injury report because we did have situations where we've had a few guys that were sidelined. You know, we had big parts last season where we had veterans like Derek Amell, Greg Dvorsky, Chris Rooney, all not working because of injuries. And, and we saw more younger officials step up. We saw some of those AHL, NHL guys pick up some additional games. You know, Certainly, you can't overwork your crew. And when you've got your NHL guys with a full schedule, all you can do is pull up minor league guys and get them working some more games. So yeah, there have been times when circumstances necessitated it. And we'll keep an eye on it. And certainly, if it starts to become an ongoing issue or hopefully not a, a common issue when we've got guys out, we'll, uh, we'll have to cover that as well, Todd. This is the Scouting the Refs podcast. It's brought to you by Manscaped. Special savings for you available at manscaped.com. Use the code REFS on your order. Receive 20% off and receive free shipping. Okay, we mentioned more refs on the mic, and we will have that this season on ESPN as they return to NHL hockey cover. That is because former NHL referee Dave Jackson, yes, Dave Jackson has joined the crew at ESPN. I am pleased to see this. I am pleased to hear this as well. Of course, it was a week or so ago we had the announcement that Don Kaharski was going to help participate in the TNT coverage now. Jackson on ESPN. This is this is great. This is positive and good news. Absolutely. And you've got two guys who've spent enough years in stripes and enough time in the playoffs and enough time seeing these players. Well, heck, they, they officiated probably most of the coaches in the league that are former players now. But to have guys with this many games under their belt, Dave Jackson, over 1,500 games, just the sixth NHL referee to hit that mark. So nice to see some veterans making their presence known in the booth. Can't wait to hear him on the broadcast and and hear the types of feedback, input, commentary that he can add to the show. Help evaluate the, the calls that are made on the ice and help the understanding of the calls that are made on the ice is going to be the most important part to help educate the audience. Yeah, for sure. And the broadcasters, because we can't expect yeah. the play-by-play, the analysts. They're not rules experts. Some are familiar with the rules, some better than others. But I they think Jackson and Koharski fill that key role now where if you're not going to make the analysts accountable, at least you have somebody on the on the broadcast that can be and can help people understand why a call went the way it did or what maybe led to that being a goal waved off for goaltender interference and those types of things that you just – you don't get that from the analysts as much as they try. They don't have that level of expertise. They don't have that experience. So looking forward to Coho and Jackson as the regular season gets underway. Okay. So that's ESPN with Dave Jackson. That's TNT with Don Koharski. Canadian networks that cover NHL hockey. You're on the clock now because I have not seen or heard of any NHL refs, current or former, that will be participating in the broadcast this year. It's strange. You know, it it was nice to see both of these broadcasters pick somebody up. And I I would imagine that you'd want Canada to follow suit. I know there are plenty of hockey fans in Canada who already know the game, who already think that they're experts and still underestimating the value that a retired NHL official can bring to the broadcast. And I think it'll really help the U.S. team step up their game. And I'm, I'm frankly surprised, Todd, that we've yet to see the Canadian broadcasters follow. I mean, you're certainly doing your part, Josh. You've got the website, scoutingtherefs.com. You've got uh, an appearance with Jeff Merrick on his new national hockey show on radio in Canada. But but you can't be everywhere. You can't do all of this for everyone. Well, you know, uh, we, we do have uh, Scouting the Refs cam set up here in the studio. So if, uh, <laughs> if, if any of those Canadian broadcasters are really struggling to find the right voice, um, hey, you know, we're, we're right here. Just uh, at Scouting the Refs, please. <laughs> 
There you go. That's that's and you know I think we'll we'll have to examine and maybe this is something that these networks can look at. I, I don't think we'll see it in the first year, but I'm now I'm really going to push for more. Is you have something like the the Manning cast for for Monday Night Football where you do like a watch party and you have the officials interpreting all the calls and providing insight and analysis as the game is going on. Wouldn't that be the ultimate? Oh, that would be that would be great. I mean, there's there's going to be times when uh, you'd you'd really have a hard time following what was called, not called, and and making those real time assessments on the situations because there are so many factors that go in, and you don't want to be questioning the officials on the ice of what they saw because remember we we do have the luxury of the TV broadcast cameras. Sure. We're not confined to what they have on the ice, so we always have a much more complete holistic perspective of the action that's taking place. But man, that would be a lot of fun. It would be. Okay, let's get into some of the other stuff from this past week. And Blake Coleman provided us with the latest Department of Player Safety video for a boarding call against Winnipeg's Jansen Harkins. Game took place on Wednesday evening. Coleman knocked Harkins to the ice on the plate. I think he could have been called for tripping there, actually, I believe, but we'll move past that. The Jets player was on his knees, facing the boards, and Coleman hit him from behind. He was given a boarding penalty, understandably, and this came after he had already served a two-minute hooking penalty just before that, may have added to this frustration, but this is just an easy call to make, and it's it's just a, it's a dumb play by Blake Coleman. Yeah, that's it. When you've got a guy who's defenseless or, or in, a, in a very dangerous spot there, down on his knees along the boards, it, it's really on the player to not deliver a body check to that guy. He was out of the play. There was no hockey play to be made here. So, you know, disappointing that Coleman followed through and, and drove Harkins into the boards, but one that, you know, you want to see penalized and you want to see a guy get suspended for, frankly. It's it's those types, you know, we've had plenty of hockey plays gone wrong or, or hockey plays where the timing or the angle were off and it creates a dangerous situation. And then we have ones that you correctly worded, Todd, that are just dumb. <laughs> well, it's, it's especially because the the position that Harkins was in, Coleman, it would appear, could have easily pursued the puck if he wanted to, but it was just he inflicted punishment unnecessarily. And the suspension was, as we've seen already, one preseason game and one regular season game. So Blake Coleman is going to miss out on the first round of the Battle of Alberta with Calgary and Edmonton on opening night. But I like how player safety is handling that this year. One preseason and one regular season. I think it's great. I think it gives a, a little more value to a preseason suspension. You're missing real game time. You know, for Coleman, he, you're missing the opening game of the season with your new team. And and that has more impact. Not only is he out of the lineup, not only are the Flames at a loss by having him out of the lineup, but he's also losing some money because he will lose the salary that he would have earned during that game. So I like this approach that player safety has taken. You know, we didn't expect any changes coming out of player safety into this season, but obviously their approach to preseason suspensions has changed. And I think it's for the better. And we'll be interested to see how it goes into the regular season, because inevitably there will be circumstances where players are getting suspended would this hit have warranted a two-game suspension in the regular season? I'm not sure if it would. Ooh, that that is a that's a good question. You know, we always talk about the value of playoff games versus regular season games, and we know that player safety puts a premium on those playoff games. That suspensions tend to be shorter because the games are more important, and I would imagine that extends to the preseason as well. I would say that this may have only gotten a regular season game, but uh, probably deserved too, especially since I look at it as a flagrant, unnecessary type situation. 
And I guess that leads to the discussion of how severe are suspensions going to be and do you want them to be? Personally, if they if they started at a higher level, I would be okay with that. I think it would help serve as a better deterrent to players in the NHL, but I, I'm not the one who solely makes those decisions. But I'd be okay if they started at a higher level, not necessarily go to two games for everything, but I, I think the the level of suspension could be a little bit higher. Yeah, and I think that extends down to the fine level as well, if you could shift everything up. We know that fines are capped, mm. so we've got a $5,000 fine for a multi-million dollar player. It's not as impactful. One game has a little bit more impact, both taking him out of the lineup and financially, because he's losing that one game's worth of salary there. Bumping it up, especially for a non-hockey play or a dangerous or an intent to injure type situation makes perfect sense. You know, sometimes we have accidental collisions. Maybe there's a, an inadvertent high stick that results in an injury and player safety deems that this deserves a suspension. And maybe it is one game because it was an accidental play, but it still needs to be addressed. For things like this or for situations where it was an intentional act or something, I, I'm with you, Todd. I could see starting at a higher number just because we're looking at something that had no hockey value. There was no no play that was coming out of this. This wasn't breaking up a scoring chance. This was a situation that I think should be removed from the game. There was one other situation in a game, a preseason game, that I wanted to make mention of. It involved the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers. P.K. Subban of the Devils and Ryan Reeves of the Rangers came together, had a collision in the corner, and Reeves fell back and injured his ankle. It looked like it could have been very bad, but I don't think it's going to be that serious. Chris Kreider had words with Subban during the timeout afterwards. It, it's not exactly... I don't know. Is it is it a clean play? I don't know if you can say that 100%, but there were some that tried to churn the clickbait machine up by saying, is this a dangerous slew foot and should it have been penalized more fully? I don't think it was. To me, that's a defenseman who was trying to keep an opponent close and keep an opponent under control. And Reeves falling, I don't believe, was initiated by P.K. Subban. It wasn't a classic slew foot where you kick the feet and push your opponent. No, absolutely not. And and I know slew footing is dangerous and we see plenty of incidents where a slew foot goes uncalled or unpenalized. And and those, I agree, need to be addressed. I think they're they're dangerous. You have huge risk of injury for a player. And it's an act that I think even if a player avoids injury on a slew foot, we want to get that out of the game. So I would be okay with a stronger penalty and, and more frequent calls when it does happen. This case, it didn't. I mean, it, I could have seen maybe if you want to make the argument for interference for the contact, but to me, it was two guys battling for the puck, battling for position. We had some incidental skate contact that resulted in a fall, which subsequently resulted in an injury. So to me, no penalty. I mean, if you, if you want to argue for a, a tripping minor or an interference minor, maybe, but I, I think it was so incidental. It was so outside of the play. It wasn't something where Subban was sticking his foot out or trying to kick out the foot of Reeves. So an unfortunate situation, one that even worse, resulted in an injury to the Rangers player, but one that I, I think is, is clearly not a slew foot and at best a minor penalty. I think because of the injury to Ryan Reeves is why it got so much attention. If these two players come together and if Reeves falls but gets up and rejoins the play a couple of seconds later, I don't know that we're really even looking at it and addressing it, but because there was an injury on the play, this is, this is why it becomes a story. Yep. And that's an easy way to look at it, right? You see the outcome is that there's an injury. And I think that mindset is something that we're, we'd be best to get away from in, and look more at suspending the player for the act than the outcome. In this case, the, the act wasn't suspendable, though the player was injured. And we've seen situations when a player has committed such an egregious act 
and the victim of the act avoids through some fortunate circumstance avoids an injury on the play and maybe they don't come down as hard and in in those situations I, I almost wish that they would because regardless of whether or not the guy gets injured you know if you're swinging your stick at somebody if you're aggressively going after a guy I don't think you should get off the hook just because you didn't injure him and I, I think you know separating that act from the outcome or injury is is an important piece of how player safety operates inversely that could be used as the discussion point as well for, well, shouldn't you suspend a player for as long as they are the injured player is out? Well, that could be weeks, that could be months, and the offense doesn't necessarily warrant that kind of penalty. Yeah, that's a, a tough one for me. I've heard that plenty of times, and I just can't agree with it because it's it can be such an unknown. You know, you could have a career-ending injury, and are you keeping that player out for the remainder of his career because someone was not able to return to the ice? I don't think that's fair. What I think, Todd, and I know the Players Association doesn't like me bringing this one up. <laughs> I'm oh, good. Sh- Let's I'm, do I'm, it then. I'm sure. <laughs> but why not lose a roster spot for a suspended player? So if you've Ooh. got a guy who's suspended for two games, you're not calling somebody up to fill that spot. You're going with one fewer <coughs> skater on the ice because not only is the player suspended, now the team loses a slot. And maybe that's a repeat offender thing. Maybe that's in certain situations. But how much would that weigh into a coach's decision and a player's decision on the ice to know that not only might they miss time? I mean, if you have a tough guy who's going to be suspended, is is it a real big loss if he wasn't necessarily suiting up for every game anyway? Or does it impact the team more that now they've got one less person on the ice? That's kind of the extension of, well, we can't put this guy in the lineup because he can't skate and play six, eight, nine minutes. He's only good for one facet of the game. It's just that's the next extension of it, it seems. Yeah. So now, uh, you know, you put this guy in, he sends a message, he gets suspended for two games for what he did. And and now you're effectively shortening your bench for the games while he's suspended. And maybe that makes a, a coach think differently about how he deploys certain guys. Interesting. Okay, one more thing to wrap up uh, this week's edition of the Scudding the Rest podcast brought to you by Manscaped. Last week, we talked about sponsorships and what might work for NHL officials on the jersey patches. The Caps announced they've partnered with Caesars Entertainment, and it says Caesars Sportsbook on the patch. Uh, We can't use that for refs. We talked about maybe uh, law firms, maybe judges. What about private mediation or arbitration? Maybe that kind of thing would work. <laughs> so you're trying to negotiate. Oh, well, let's just go right to the bail bondsman. <laughs> yeah, Chico's bail bonds. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> this penalty brought to you by Chico's bail bonds. <laughs> <laughs> A salute to the bad news bears there. Um, uh, now, the other thing I was thinking is maybe it's it's some sort of institutional company that, you know, is, uh, you know, stability like banks or investment companies. What's that, that that Warren Buffett firm? Is it Berkshire? Like something something like that, maybe that, you know, provides stability. Yeah, I think I think that's good. You know, you've, you've got to have something who and I like your approach here, Todd. You've got to have that mediation that right down the middle, that keeping balance of things and uh Oh, keeping balance makes me think of of judges and scales. Maybe Weight Watchers. Yeah, we're trying to help you keep balance. (laughs) Keeping (laughs) keeping balance or keeping balance in your life. We need maybe like a, a mindfulness and meditation because sometimes the players could use a little more mindfulness and, and meditation when they're speaking with the officials. So uh, maybe maybe that's the way to go is to really find some something that can help bring peace and balance. The Scouting the Rest podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code REFS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code REFS. That's R-E-F-S. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Manscaped.